There's no way we can do that again. You are listening to The Polk Experiment. We made it to two seasons. We're going to call it season two. You like that? I'm going to throw that in there. There you go. I'm, I'm telling you. Season two. Welcome back to the second season of Polk Experience. I'm your host, Kevin Smith. And I'm Jack Cormier. And for those of you who have been listening to us in season one and we are apolo- surprised that yeah, we, we made apologize. it to season two. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you're surprised that we made it to season two. Here we are. And today we're going to be talking to Norm Ben, who coached the Women's Mocks basketball program from 1985 to 1997. Normally, we don't come into a podcast like this, but Norm was modest about the achievements that he had at Florida Southern. So, career record, 250 and 97, won 20 games or more eight different times. The man is already in three different halls of fame, besides our own here in Polk County. He's also in the Florida Southern Hall of Fame and the Sunshine State Sports Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's, um, you know, the programs are only NCAA, Southern Regionals, Championships, and Elite Eight appearances. But, you know, he's just a fantastic guy to sit and talk to. And I think everyone's going to enjoy, you know, listening to Norm and his wife, Kathy. She was pretty remarkable herself at at Florida Southern. You know, a pioneer in women's sport here in Florida and uh, and the nation, you know, pre-Title IX. And and you get a little history of, uh, you know, the, the progression from Title IX onward. And really stuff we take for granted today. I mean, 50 years later, you know, we don't think twice about the idea of women in sport but it does reflect back to a day when uh when it was a it was tough for some people well you know and and i think one of the things i really enjoy about norm is he was a promoter of women's sports early on wasn't just basketball it was also women's golf at a time when women's golf wasn't one of the things that he did in college So, so from 1997 to 2010 uh, you know, he went through the women's golf program, had four women go to the national championship and coach uh, the national championship teams. So Norm has been a catalyst for sports here in Polk County for 50 plus years. And I think his record at uh, having 26 consecutive wins at uh, Florida Southern still stands today. Yes, it does. And uh, and so without any further ado, here you are. Our conversation with Norm and Kathy Ben. We haven't done this in a while. It's been a while. Oh, yeah, so I'm kind of thinking, I'm like, okay, well, how do we start this? Welcome to the Polk Experience. I'm your host, Kevin Smith. And I'm Jack Cormier. And we're here to talk about the best things in Polk County. And today we have the honor of being here with Norm and Kathy Ben from Florida Southern College. And we appreciate you taking some time to be on the show. Thank you. Yes. Fantastic. Well, we have had some um, remarkable guests on our show over the last year and a half, but having the two of you that uh, come onto our show and talk to us about some things that you've accomplished here in Polk County, especially at Florida Southern College over the, over the years is really an honor for us to have you here. And I will start with you, Norm. Uh, You were a basketball coach. Primarily I was basketball for uh, 12 years and then uh, women's golf for 13. Wow. And and Kathy, you started the women's program yes, over yes. at Florida Southern. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, it was the early 70s, uh, 71. 
uh, was the date that um, Title IX started, you know, going through Congress and everything. It took a while for it to get completed. It was the 1986, I think, when it was finished. But during that time period, uh, I had written a letter to the athletic director at Florida Southern at that time and asked, I wanted to start a women's tennis team. And his actual quote back to me was, there will never be any women in my athletic department. And this was pretty much a typical response that all of us got all, you know, across the nation when we were trying to develop the women's sports. So I went on to the president and wrote a letter to him. And I used Rollins at college as an example because they had a really good women's tennis team and um, their coach was a really good friend of mine. So I used them as an example of what could be done for, with women. And he said that I could do it if I coached it and the funds had to come out of my physical education budget. So we were not part of the athletic department at that time. And it was a club. That's how we started it. So I did that for a year and, um, and it went very well. So then I wanted another one. Volleyball was the next sport that I decided to try to get. And, um, by that time, the athletic director had left and Hal Smeltzley had taken over the athletic department. And how was a huge, huge help with women's sports. Um, he helped me get the volleyball again as a club first. And volleyball was the first sport where I was able to get three athletic scholarships wow. for women in volleyball. And meanwhile, we hired Lois Webb because I'm faculty and I'm you know, teaching is my first love, so I wanted to continue to teach, and I couldn't keep coaching sports, so we hired Lois Webb to come in, and she took my three scholarship players that I recruited and and went nationally. You know, she did very well and had a great uh, career as a volleyball coach, and um, so meanwhile, I had started the women's basketball and I was coaching that one. So at one time, I was coaching three sports, tennis, wow. volleyball, basketball. The seasons were a lot shorter than they are today, so you could do something like that. But nowadays, you couldn't, you know, there's no way to do that. Anyway, um, so uh, we hired a tennis coach, we hired a volleyball coach, and we hired a basketball coach. And so then I was able to just be administrative for women. And the AIAW was the women's organization, similar to NCAA. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that started in 1971. And I was the representative from Florida Southern, so I went to all the meetings nationally. And um, NCAA didn't want anything to do with women's sports at this time. Mm -hmm. So AIAW organized all the national championships and everything in women's athletics and the ncaa saw wow wait a minute they're getting crowds they're getting some tv coverage maybe we need to look into this <laughs> and uh, i mean so they took over and it did turn out to be fine now 
at the time when we were making the, the change, our athletic director, Hal Smelsey, was happy to have NCAA. So he was following the same rules mm-hmm. for both men and women. Sure. Because before then, we were following AIAW for women and NCAA for, for men. So it was a little confusing. So um, I guess that's the beginning. That's pretty and good it beginning. it just all went from there. Uh, we were one of the first colleges in the conference to be um, Title IX. Hmm. Uh, and we were leaders in the conference as far as, you know, that kind of women's sports. Wow, that that went. is terrific. That's a and great story. That's because at, of Hal Smelsley. Yeah. At a school that who was still, our athletic director. At a school that did, still didn't let men's hair touch their collar. Right. I mean, it yeah. was, you know, you. I mean, Florida Southern was pretty strict still. Yes. Uh, I mean, it was still a Methodist school, correct? Yes. So, at that time, yes. Yeah, was, so. Yeah. Uh, I had a lot of support administratively to be able to get all this done. I mean, I had the desire to want women to be able to compete, but I had so much um, support from the president to the athletic director and down. So that's the only way it was going to get done. Wow. That's great. Yeah. And Norm, coaching wasn't really your first start, was it? You You were a PR guy, right? Yes. That's how you made your way here to Florida? I did a little coaching up at uh, when I was in college at Florida at uh, Trexel University in Philadelphia, and they just hired a new coach, Sam Cozen, who was a great coach in Philadelphia, and I decided I wasn't much of a player. Maybe I could help him out, which I did, and uh, that's where I learned my guy uh, by basketball. And uh, he, uh, he, he, he was great. I was hoping I was going to stay there because I was hoping he'd bring his best high school player with him. But instead, he went to Kansas. Will Chamberlain <laughs> didn't come. I yeah. thought with me there, he'd come. But no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. Of course. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> well, well, he heard he was going to come back on the court. Oh, okay. That's so, what it was. Okay. So instead of competing with Norm, he yeah. decided. Yeah. I'll go over to Kansas. Yeah. 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 No no problem. No problem. And then so you made your way here to Florida and you decided because you came down here, as, as, as I read, to be in a PR firm. and But you made your way over to the college. I was doing my own PR work. I came down here from New York City. I couldn't take New York City anymore. It's too cold, yes. too crowded. Yeah. So still is. I went. To, I went to work with a, a Nish Nissen advertising here in town, and somebody came in and told me they knew that I had something to do with basketball. The Florida Southern's women's team had a girl that was really great. You'd really like to see her. So I went over, took a look at her, and I said, "Boy." Kim Disbro was her name. I sure would like to get involved with her. So I was a volunteer assistant uh, at uh, Florida Southern. Women, all it's all been, all been women. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like women. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, Kathy. <laughs> well, you met her there, too. Yes. Okay, so yeah. it all worked out. It worked out. out. Yeah. <laughs> so in 1981... Uh, I became a, a volunteer assistant 
and she mentioned Lois Webb. Lois was a volunteer also one year. I was a volunteer two years, and then on, on, all of a sudden, Dick Rode, Dick Oden, the the head coach, women passed away. He was thirty nine years old. Great guy, did a really good job. So the athletic director asked me to take it over. So I did in 1985. Is that the year, Kathy? Yes. 85. And I coached for uh, 12 years, women's uh, basketball. Then I got into women's golf. Oh. You, had some, you had an impressive record there, too. Yeah, I had a few records. Yeah, a couple yeah. there. The coach was a their read is like over seven hundred wins or something, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, won five, he's... won five hundred games and lost uh, ninety some. But uh, the, the biggest thing I had was we won twenty six games in a row, which 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 was our best season. That's great. But when you t- beaten that record yet? Right. What's that? No one's beaten that. that record yet. I doubt it. No. Yeah. They and they still have a pretty good, uh, good program over there. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I've been impressed with the facilities. Um, obviously, we had the women's national softball team there for two years. Yep. Two times they came in. Of course, twenty twenty they couldn't play. Um, so they've come back, and and they're they're very high on the on the quality of the fields and the athletics there at. Uh, at Florida Southern. Kathy, what are some of the things that you saw over your career, the changes, especially with facilities for women and athletics, because the guys usually get all the credit and get all the, the good equipment. What what have you seen change? Oh, oh, a lot changed from when I started. I mean, we were taping numbers on our uniforms, you know, the first year I was coaching <laughs> <laughs> just to get a team together. But um um, like I said, Hal Smelsey, as the athletic director through that whole period of Title IX, um, was so um, supportive of women's sports. So we got the equipment we needed. We got the facilities we needed. We got the, he, you know, the times that we needed to get the practice in where a lot of other facilities or other colleges were having trouble finding women were having trouble finding places to practice things like that he was very good about sharing now it wasn't easy the men were uh players and coaches were not happy to share Mm -hmm. but they did and we got through all the uh issues that we had and um it's just been amazing to watch how from one tennis team (laughs) all the way up to where we are today where national championships are you know right in our grasp almost every year we're we're spend, sending all our women's teams to regionals and, right and you know they're doing well and it's just wonderful to watch and yeah. all the great scholarships and academic students that we have who compete is really really something to be proud of yeah florida southern should be really proud of their whole women's program yeah i think they they've had some some great turnouts for some games and and now you've got a, a softball coach over there and um mo tyner yep mo yeah. is, we, we interviewed is, 
Did we interview Mo? We yeah, did. we interviewed. We Mo. interviewed yeah. Mo. Yeah. Well, when I was when I was coaching both sports, uh, one after the other, uh, I became involved in the NCAA compliance program. Okay. And uh, Hal Smithley, the athletic director, and I started it at uh, Florida Southern. And ours, then we became the model for the whole conference. Okay. They, they did it because we did it. But uh, that, that was a big change. We really led the conference in so much uh, with women's sports. Yeah. And, and for you, Norm, your, your legacy continues on. So many of the, the, they were young women when you coached them have now gone on to coach themselves and have their own coaches who've been inspired by your work. Tell us about that. Well, I was always pretty close to the girls. Uh, for basketball, uh, I did everything. And I had an assistant, but I was the head coach. Whereas for golf, I was an assistant, and my main job was recruiting. Mm -hmm. And that's why we were so successful there, I believe. In addition to Robbie's coaching, uh, we had a lot of international golfers. Not so much for basketball. Basketball, they can go anywhere in the country and play. Right. They don't have to come to Southern. But if you're international, you want to come where it's warm, where you can play the whole year round, and maybe turn pro. So they were the big differences in the two. I was not a great golfer. Yeah. <laughs> well, also Lakeland is such a great golfing community with Lone Palm and Grasslands accommodating our teams, mm -hmm. our golf teams. We had really first-class facilities to, to the girls and the guys to compete on yeah. and practice on every, every day. So that was a big plus for the golf teams yeah i mean it may and and even i mean even cleveland heights is a nice yeah. golf course i mean it it is amazing the amount of nice golf you know right here yeah it, it you don't have to go far right. no there there aren't uh what's the one out there um stream song stream, stream song. song well sure. yeah now Jeez. you're you're yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah we went out there and played Oh, did you? It was a long day. Yeah, it, it's. <laughs> that was a long day. I just get tired. Yeah, it's know? out just in the open, and and yeah, it, we went to see it. One of Norm's golfers is the um, buyer for that facility. Oh wow! Okay. okay, she buys all the pros, the stuff for the pro shops and everything. She so she took us on a tour, and we saw the whole. We know facility. It's very different it is oh yeah it is yeah. Well, and you know i think one of the things that um you know that women especially in athletics uh, golf is a good avenue for scholarships is that correct i mean they they don't use as many golf scholarships as as they you know usually have available that's, that's is that still true yeah i think he uses all of his scholarships yeah. but uh, Funny story, I was recruiting this girl, and she came to see me with her father, and he said, how much are you going to give her? I said, well, the best I can do is, at this point, is $4,000 you know, to play. So he said, well, we have some other stops. He came back and told me, 
Rollins offered $5,000, so they're going to go to Rollins. But the point is, Rollins would cost 10000 more than <laughs> yeah, we <right>. did. <laughs> right. So I'm glad I didn't get her. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't going to be a business major, right? It was, math wasn't going math to be part of it. Or her father could have helped her. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Yeah. There's there's a lot of things now, I think, with schools and um, especially with, you know, what's going on now. Some of the new things that are happening with the athletes and they're being paid for their likeness oh. now. Yeah. It's going to be a whole new ball game. it seems to me like coming up yeah how would you like to be in a, a compliance officer now no nope. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure it's changed a lot tougher yeah if he said yes they might hire him right back they'd be like please take this off our hands yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really it's going to be interesting yeah sure yeah. yeah i think that's well and i think that's the, i went to a small school i went to i went to flagler oh yeah and sure. so flagler I went to yeah. Flagler. Yes, I played baseball there at Flagler. Oh, okay. So I think that the that the athlete experience and the student experience at a smaller school is is, in my opinion, better in some cases. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. One of the uh, great things about Florida Southern is being a small school, but um, everybody knew everybody, you know, and the athletes were just part of the student body. They weren't necessarily separated out, you know, uh, and um, so it was a like a family kind of thing, you know, they right. were just part of the student body and just one of the others, you know, one of the students, even though they're great athletes, they still yeah. had to produce in the classroom and had to, you know, do everything that every other student on campus. And everyone knew who you were. Do. Yeah, yeah, and everyone the, the, knew who you were. Your professors and the coaches, yes. and it does make a, a big difference in your in your academic performance, yep. right? Because you can't can't slip through. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, working in compliance over the years, Norm, what are some of the some of the challenges that you had as as sports grew? I mean, you you added a whole new program, women's sports. How did that impact the uh, compliance? Well. Uh, it's made it a lot tougher. NCAA keeps changing the rules, it seems like. Mm -hmm. And the uh, I always had uh, the head coaches had to fill out a form every week, and I had to review it. We had one coach that took an, uh, a trip to Europe, and he wasn't supposed to, and I had to chastise him and oh. put him <laughs> on probation. Was he recruiting, or he just went? Just no, wanted to go to Europe. He was playing in a contest or something. Oh. Took his team over. Oh, okay. And uh, he wasn't supposed to. Yeah. That's... So, anyhow. That's the thing about compliance is getting all the coaches, you know, to sure. comply yeah. <laughs> with yeah. all the rules and keeping up with what they're doing, what they're not doing, because there's so much, there's a lot of times where they could do whatever they want because... The compliance officer is not right there with them all the time. Right. So, yeah, and getting the coaches to cooperate with the paperwork. This yeah. is going took to be a while. A he had a hard time with that because <laughs> this they will be used a big deal now that the athletes are allowed to use their name, their pictures, their their quotes for products and get paid for it. Right. And I'm sure that's going to bring some problems. I'd hate to be a kid that's graduating now. And miss out on this. 
Well, yeah, we we were talking earlier and about the the Alabama quarterback who they're talking about being, you know, a million dollar player before he's taken a snap. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, how do you coach him? Yeah. How do you how do you coach if if yeah. if the problems that the coaches have with the professionals is that they're they're trying to coach multimillionaires? How do you coach a multimillionaire eighteen year old? Well, they think maybe that'll make them stay four years because they're getting paid. Otherwise, you do a Kentucky thing or mm-hmm. some of these other schools two years and they're gone. Right, just rolling them through. Yeah. I think it's going to change the whole dynamics of student athletes. Yeah, it's, it seems to me like we're at a point where maybe we're starting to separate the athletes from the student body. Yeah. And and especially those giant schools. Yes. I mean, you know, it would be different being the starting quarterback at Alabama getting seven figures and the starting quarterback at UMass Amherst Flagler. getting 70 cents. At, at Flagler. At Flagler. <laughs> yeah, yes. at Flagler, yeah. you know. Um, so best football team in the country. Yeah. 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 We, don't, yeah. we don't have one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never lost a game though. Yeah. Neither do we. Yeah. <laughs> could be worse. You could be a San Jose state grad. Yeah. Well, Jack, Remember, Jack and I both worst. played ball. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're thinking we could go back now and they can use our likenesses and we might be able to get paid for them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If they let both of us throw the ball at the same time or they combine the speed, we might get to what? 85. No, I think they would have to relay a ball from the pitcher's mound to the home plate now for me. Yeah, yeah I can't. It's I can't throw it that far. It's certainly going to be an interesting dynamic to follow. Yeah, to yeah. see how yeah. in the world they're going to do it, and is this going to be the end of the NCAA? Well, you know that was I mean, that's a good point. I'm I'm wondering, you know, how much longer does the NCAA actually have? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the conferences are starting to pull together. They're starting to form their own alliances. They've already created their own championships. If they lose basketball, it's kind of done, right? One one thing that changed, particularly with golf, when I was involved, we had great student athletes. And all both sports were the nicest kids. I go to men's basketball practice. The players come in to practice. Hey, coach. Hey, Norm. How you doing? And they, they couldn't be nicer. And uh, their grades are okay, too. But the, the, the international players that we had for golf mm-hmm. doing great academically. And, and I mean, you and I have talked about it before. One of the one of the things I think we both really like about Florida Southern is the quality of the young people that come from the school. Yes. You know, we, we use Sam as an example all the time. And Kevin, Kevin's hung out with Sam and Bella a little bit more yeah. now because yeah. Sam moved into so Sam who used to, to work, yeah. used to work with us, okay. has now moved to St. Pete. And and lives close to to Kevin and and outstanding young man and a, a good representative of the of the of the quality people. And I such always nice, said that they're such nice people. Yes. Yeah, I've always said I wouldn't trade my worst Florida Southern athlete, you know, for the best. Yeah. <laughs> at some other schools, I mean, we just really had good quality people, and that's that's because of the coaching. Yep. And the recruiting. Yep. And people like Norm. Sure. You know, well, and they stay. 
And that's, that's, I think, a unique, uh, uh, one of the unique things that I've learned while I've been here is whether it's been, you know, uh, old, old baseball players from the Florida Southern team who've stuck around who weren't from the area. Um, You know, it's amazing the amount that stay and continue yeah. to give back um, or or go on to another school and continue to give back. Bing Tyus, Bing was a Florida Southern guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, all these guys that, that stayed and, and contri- continue to contribute in sport or business uh, right here in Lakeland. Yeah, well, and I, I think it's also the respect that, that uh, earlier coaches like yourselves have laid down and, and set the bar for what is expected of athletes and coaches and even administrators, right? Over, over the years, I mean, you guys were the ones who kind of got the pace going for all of this and they followed what you, what, what examples you guys set. Um, and I think that's, that is great from a small, especially a small college perspective, because it is hard, you know, and, and I, I, tell people all the time being a former student athlete um that it's it's difficult right for, for the athletes i mean they have to go to school they have to keep grades up they have to practice and and go through all those things so your your roles as coaches and the role models that you were right it's really been important to set the the life pace for some of these kids well one thing that must have changed i'm sure it has the salary yeah. The coaches' salaries. Yeah. When yeah. I started, I made more money at my summer camp than I made coaching. Oh wow! Yeah. But uh, I don't know if I'm they sure changed that much. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure they're representative now. Yeah. We had some of the best um, summer camps for women's sports during this period, mm-hmm. uh, building up women's skills in basketball, and uh, he was even written up in. Um, the University of Tennessee women's coach. Oh, okay. She wrote her book that she wrote. Yep. He was listed as one of the best camps. Oh, great. Pat Summit. Her, yeah. yeah. Pat Summit. Yes. Wow. Wow. That's, so, that's quite an honor. Yeah. So he did make a lot of money at summer camps. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, the camps and, are good. And it helps with, I mean, it's not supposed to, but it helps. It exposes the players to you and you to the players. So it's got to help down the line when these kids are thinking of going to a school or, or with you when you're, when you're following their careers and you know, you've seen them as far as college players in the future. Yeah. We had a, we had a great relationship uh, with our players. We went to Sweden for one of the weddings. Oh, wow. Uh, but uh, I hear from the, the, particularly the golfers, because they're younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I hear from some of the, the old women basketball players. Yeah. 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 Like Kelly, who was at the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, she made it a point she, that, you know, I mean, that. What did you say, Kelly? Yeah. She made it a point of telling me how important Norm had been. So. So back to women's basketball, you've seen this sport evolve quite a bit. It's it's a different sport now than it was when you were coaching. What's it like watching the the game become faster and and more more athletic? I mean, they're they're taking tactics from the men's game, obviously as well. But 
Yeah, well, one thing they emphasize is size. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they play different defenses. I was known for just playing man-to-man. I wouldn't play zone at all. I, House Muscle, the athletic director, called me in and said, Norm, why don't you play zone? Everybody knows you're going to play man-to-man. I said, let them try and beat it. Yes. And uh, and I've even helped uh, – I said a few words to the men's basketball coach now about giving up the baseline and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But uh, uh, I don't know. The, the girls are more athletic today. They're more serious about it. It's a bigger deal. Uh and to say I was playing basketball, now, hey, I'm the number two guard and, and I'm leading the league in assists. You know, they, they, they're they they're more into it now. Yeah. Yeah. And and it, it, is it, has it been a progression from, from youth sports that the youth sports, they're starting earlier? And so their their skills are building. Is that the is that the difference? Yeah, I think so. I think they're starting earlier. Uh, Plus, they're bigger and stronger. But there's so many. Oh, there's so many sports. They can't play them all. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. Uh, um, so uh, I love this. What drive by a schoolyard and see these kids playing. That's great. Yeah. Good physically too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you guys think about the the whole specialization in youth sports? Kids getting into getting into you know only playing one sport in middle school, say, or or what? Well, you can, you played multiple sports in in high school and then off can, into college. I can see why they're playing more than one, because uh, they like them. But when it comes to scholarships. Uh, you're dealing pretty much with one sport, mm-hmm. and you, you, high school you can play two. Yeah, some of them you play three. But uh, when you want to move on into college, you better, unless it's a small school, and I don't consider us small anymore. Mm-hmm. Unless it's a small school, uh, they, they got to stick with one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's one of the big differences now. Is it so specialized? And you can only play if you're going to play basketball. That's it. You're going to play basketball. Yeah, right. You know, through high school and college. And back when I was coaching, I had some of the same girls on the same, you know, different sports. The right. same girls would play, go from basketball to volleyball or volleyball to basketball or something. And that doesn't happen anymore, even in small schools. It just... Everybody's pretty dedicated. Everybody's pretty specialized. We, we get to see a lot of young uh, people uh, involved with sports in, in our business. And um, it's it's to me, it's it's so different because you have they, these kids are 13 years old. They've got a dietitian. They've got a strength oh, coach. They've got a swing coach. They've got, you know, this. I'm like. I had my father and he made me go mow the yard. That's how I got cross-trained, yeah. you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I worked on the exactly. railroad one year in, in high school, you know, yeah. that was, that was my summer training, you know, so right. It's, right. it's a little bit different. And, and Very diet different. was everything that I could find in the refrigerator to eat. Yeah. 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 <laughs> was, exactly. What position did you play? I was actually, I was a pitcher. Pitcher. Oh. Yeah. Right. That's Ooh, a tough you had job. A fastball. 
I had one. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I lost it somewhere along the years, but yeah. Tough job. Yeah. For sure. But, you know, and going back to that, I was actually a swimmer. I didn't start playing baseball really seriously until I got into high school. So, you know, that was, that's That's the way it was. Yeah. Yeah. I swam and played golf and tennis and all kinds of things before that. I think the young kids, I mean, are getting their experiences now more from um, specialty teams. They're traveling all over the, you know, 10 years old, they're traveling all Uh over the state to play a sport. And um, I think myself, I'm old fashioned, I guess, but I think that at a young age, they should play every sport. Sure. There's something in every sport. And then you decide what you want to specialize in. But you get all those gifts from all the other sports. Yeah, different coaching. Yep, different yep. coaching, different perspectives, different. And then you can, you know, choose. Sort out the one you want. Yeah, pick yeah. Out, eventually pick out the one you want. Yeah. When I was at Drexel, I played baseball as well. And uh, the athletic director called me in, said, Norm, don't play football, you'll get hurt. <laughs> he didn't want me to play football. He wanted me to do basketball and baseball. <laughs> yeah, and football is is a different sport. And uh, yeah, I think with with some of the things that are that they're finding out, it's um, it's putting an emphasis on other sports. I think kids are going to be playing different things now. Yeah. It um, one of the things that made it a little bit easier for Florida Southern when we were coming through Title IX is that we didn't have football. Right. Because the schools that had football, the women had a much more difficult route mm-hmm. to get the women's sure. sports equal. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. I, I had one other coaching experience in the Army. Okay. I, I, coached, I coached basketball in the Army. Okay. Yeah. That had to have been a little different. Was it overseas? Oh, no. Fort Meade, Maryland. Okay. Oh, wow. Fort okay. Meade, yeah. Yeah, it was just up there. <laughs> so you... Four months at Fort Benning in the infantry school. Then I did uh, uh, basketball. And you As went in... College player. Uh, Jim Brown. I played against Jim Brown. Wow. Football player. Yeah. He ran me over one time and didn't say excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he did that to quite a few people. Yeah. And and that was that was in between college, right? So you had started after, school after I graduated after, college. Okay, so you went in after college. So I I had some background. Yeah, yeah. There's there's um there's so, so many you know interesting stories that in, in sports and like you said, the more you're involved with it, the more interesting you meet people and different things. I mean, that's a fascinating story with Jim Brown. Now, were you playing sports or were you running? to the food truck when he ran you over. Which one was it? But the coaches are doing fine. Good recruiting. Yes. Yeah. Great recruiting. Um, and the amazing thing with with the with the men's team is the number of players that go on that have, you know, basketball careers past college, which I mean for a division two school is is impressive. Sure. I mean, yes. yeah, usually you know, your D2 schools or your small ones or your 1As, you know, that's it. And and then you're done. So, yeah. you know, yeah. to, to get some time in Europe or 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 uh, what they had, the, 
the one young man who went over to Asia for a while. Um, you know, that's that's pretty impressive. Girl, girls over there too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the golfers have done well. Yes. Professionally. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of Florida Southern golfers yeah. playing in the um, Oh wow. That yeah. I didn't know that. Both of the Lee Jansen, Rocco Mediate, you know. Oh, Rocco Mediate? Yeah. yeah. Graduated. I mean, can't he didn't ever graduate. I don't he, think he went through. Went through. Went through yeah. Southern, yeah. What we used to call it. He went yeah. through yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so we have it on record because you you met at Florida Southern. How did this work? Well, Norm, Norm is <laughs> in PR. Norm, Norm quickly said that you have been his boss this whole time. Yeah, so, exactly. so. Uh, <laughs> Thank goodness we worked in different departments. Okay. <laughs> I was teaching, he was coaching, so it was very different. But um, a friend of ours, here has a friend of mine, worked taught at Florida Southern, Pat McFadden, and her husband worked with Norm. Okay. And so the husband said, oh, you know, I think you ought to meet each other. And so that's how we met. And that was before, it was in 1980. Okay. Okay. And then... So I haven't talked history. to those people since. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. I, well, well, with that, I was going to say, I think that's, that, that, that's, we're going to close out yeah. on that one, <laughs> but we certainly appreciate you spending the time with us, Norm and Kathy, Ben, and, and all the great things that you've done for Florida Southern and Polk County and, and for the athletes especially that have gone through and, and we appreciate that so again thank you for spending the time with us on the poke experience well thank you it's fun to just think about it all thanks thanks for talking about it all yeah. absolutely absolutely so i'm kevin smith we're signing off and jack we'll, comier we'll talk to you in a week yes 